0: Hi and hello watch fans, welcome to another edition of the real-time show. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm Edouard Melon, the owner and CEO of HMOSer, and since Rob and Alon cannot figure out who's gonna ask the first question, I'm gonna start. And my question is why the hell did you start another podcast, guys? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, he's got a point. He has got a point. Uh, <laughs> I'll take this one, Alon, since we've been disagreeing for the last 10 minutes over who's going to start the show. Thanks, Edward, That was wonderful. Um, please don't take my
0: job. Oh, my pleasure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you made uh, it easy. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the idea behind the real-time show was to start a more interactive podcast that talks to and listens to the Watch community and hopefully builds on the content it creates in a bit of a feedback loop, a positive feedback loop, we hope. Alon, did you have any ulterior motives for starting this podcast?
2: I honestly didn't. I enjoy hanging out with you virtually on the SoundCloud. Um, And it's a passion project. We want to have fun. And we love all the podcasts out there. What we think that we can add is that we are unbiased and we are watch nerds ourselves. And we want to know every nitty gritty of the real details everything time so that's what we started this podcast
0: because you think the rest of the media are not objective enough um yeah they're useless <laughs> <laughs> well someone had to say it let's make some friends here <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay okay sorry we better edit that bit Alon, give the professional answer that everybody wants to hear i
2: i do think that um there's amazing stuff out there but i i don't think that the the symbiosis between the watch industry and media, I think, is too dependent. Each other. Is that a PC answer?
0: Yeah, no, I think, but I think it's, 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 it's right. I think we, we see a, always a lot of positive um, take on anything we do. And I think it's good to have sometimes people being a, a bit more constructive, but criticizing also and giving honest feedback. I think it's important for, for us as an industry, as an ecosystem. So I'm glad you guys took the initiative and um, um, it's a pleasure to be part of it. And that's why we're super
2: honored, Edouard, that you came on and and you were high on the list because after Jean-Claude Biver, who's very authentic and sincere and open in his answers. And that that episode was amazing because he went very personal about his personal life when we asked him about um, flaws and mistakes we can learn from. And what we love about you, your family and what you guys do at H. Mosin C is, I believe, you're the last of the Mohicans that still use an amazing sense of humor in their communication. And um, I want to start off with that, if I may. What made you guys go that route? And not only in your advertising and uh, your PR. But you guys took it to the next level with amazing products like the Cheese Watch, um the wink at the Apple Watch, etc?
0: Um it's, it's a long question. There's many answers to to that, but um I think it's it, it... To be honest it came a little bit naturally i think when you um when you're a brand like like moser that that is that we took over exactly 10 years ago actually we're celebrating the 10 years now um since my my family um decided to take it over um we were a bit um unsure what we we were supposed to do with it and then you know you start um trying to be to understand what what's important um at, at the brand that you want to keep and then you try to bring a little bit of yourself and to be honest, I, I before that I didn't never really, you know, um, manage and run a, a big brand. So we tried to be very honest, transparent, keep like the the very human dimension of um, of the brand. You know, we are family. I work with my brother. We have a very small team of uh, amazing people, and we thought, you know, we just we we will do in terms of products what we like, what we want to wear, and we're gonna and we're gonna communicate the way we find cool for for us what re- resonates with us and i think we have um with uh and you met many members of our team like uh like Nicholas, Claire, uh, Maurizio, Rolf. And if there's something that we have in common is is the entrepreneurial spirit, but also I think this like we we like the same kind of, of movie, the Monty Python type of things, and and maybe when we had discussions about oh what's the next thing we should do, um, it, it kind of came naturally uh, to us as the the thing we like, and and slowly it became the the language for Moser. It worked out well, so um, we got positive feedback from from the community and. And then we started to have like this recipe that, that works for us, that is very unconventional for our industry. But at the end of the day, when you're independent and make so few watches, you don't need to be conventional. You need actually to be different. And, and that's probably why it works so well.
1: Do you think that other brands could take on board the strategy you've managed to implement with such success and have the same kind of results? Or do you think that it's something, a perfect synthesis of not just your products but also the way you present them and also your character because i mean there are very few ceos that would dress up and uh play. what was it you were playing in the cheese
0: advert for, <laughs> for the cheese watch was it like a lute like or a ukulele or something i, can't I have no idea no, i was wearing <laughs> i was i was i had a um a bow where it was kind of this uh Wilhelm tell uh, guillaume tell uh, yeah yeah, 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 Swiss yeah, yeah. Character. but it was it was really impromptu it was really like last minute thing we i stopped on the highway to buy like those suspenders with uh, the swiss flag and then i had this hat i received that in the swiss uh, uh, plane and then um yeah it was really like it was not planned it was like in the last minutes before the movie we were like you know you, we need kind of a swiss atmosphere so i i went to different stores and tried to find stuff we didn't really prepare that but but, uh, oh, but th- that brings a little bit of the of, of the idea of of it not taking ourselves too seriously, and I think that allowed us to make a lot of mistakes that people let us go out with. You know, like if yeah. we had been too professional about it, people would have said, "Yeah, oh, they take themselves way too seriously." And I think that was good, maybe to be a little bit unprofessional about it. That gave us, you know, a little bit of of, um, of security and and allow us to make mistakes. But um, I don't know if it would work for other other brands. I think every brand is. It's different I think what's what worked for Moser is that we tried really to be as you said before quite holistic um, I think our communications man, um, matches a little bit the, our product offering in a way yes we are classic we try to respect tradition and, and values but at the same time we try to provoke and be modern and and, and different at the same time and I think in both the product development uh, the product offering but also in the um, in the communication uh, this, this is very similar. So I think at the end of the day, you, you need to find a formula for, for your brand or for yourself that kind of works for, for you and, and, and matches what you're trying to, to communicate and trying to sell. And I think in, in, the, in the case of Moser, that, that worked pretty well. Amazing. Um, you also just mentioned that you
2: want to be critical and you guys also raised a very important topic, which are amazing red baseball caps, which is obviously a great hook looking at the previous president of the United States with his red caps. Uh, But you raised a very important question and, and you guys did that already with the mash up of a watch that took bits and pieces of colleagues. Where do you guys stand on that topic? Would you mind elaborating a bit on why you guys started these campaigns and where you're heading? And do you see any effect?
0: The campaign with the with the red cap came in two thousand and seventeen when we did the um, the Swiss Mad Watch, so the cheese watch. The idea there was. Always our provocations or our campaigns was, were linked to an impo- important topic for, for us. On that year, as you rem- you might remember, January 2017, there was a change in the regulation about what makes a watch Swiss made or any product Swiss made. And we changed the regulation from 50% of the added value to 60%. I'm not going to go into details, but it's not a huge difference for a lot of brands that are on the edge. It was a big difference for us. It was, um, as we are a brand that produces 100% uh, in, in-house uh, or, or in Switzerland, it didn't make much, much sense. And there's a reason why we decided to, um, to kind of call a little bit uh, out um, our community on, on the Swiss Made label and, and make people realize what it actually means. We felt that a lot of brands abuse the system. There's a little bit of a meta where people try to... Um, to make people believe that uh, Swiss made makes hundred percent, means hundred percent made in Switzerland, which is by far not the case. We wanted to be able to bring a little bit more transparency and honesty in this industry, and um, so we created the Swiss Mad watch with a lot of reactions, positive and negatives, as always when you uh, when you provoke. Uh, a year later, we did the the, the Swiss Icons watch. There, were, the topic was was a little bit about the, the fact that there are a lot of brands are quite amazing producing themselves things and, and designing um, amazing products and there are some others where we feel they they're more like picking things that work from others and then just do marketing and and this is still relevant today and i think this campaign could work over and over again and we wanted to again call call out a little bit uh, about this element and uh we got a bit on, on that one but it's it's a very similar topic so yeah we we used the the, the red caps again as a provocation we found it uh interesting to uh, to talk about the the swiss made in those terms and say make swiss made great again as a campaign with a hashtag with a, all the, the the movies the product behind it. it it worked out well some people hated it some people loved it again you cannot please everybody and and when you're independent brand like like moser it's important that you get people to, to uh, really understand and love what you do and get crazy and become a part of the community and, and become ambassadors, in, so to say, of our brand. Uh, but at the same time, it usually means that you get people that are on the other side of the spectrum and so find it completely stupid or, or irrelevant or, um, or just uh, useless provocation. You cannot please everyone, but we don't want. And I think if you're ready to take that, that risk, what's interesting is how a strong fan base you can create and, and then it's amazing to work with those people. So three years after you
1: released the Cheese Watch you came out with the Streamliner, right? That was 2020 if my memory serves. Although it feels yeah. like it's been here forever. <laughs> I mean, it's been established now as a modern classic. Everybody loves the Streamliner. I think your order book probably reflects that sentiment entirely. My question is has communicating those messages that you really aggressively started to communicate in 2017 become easier now you have created an icon. Now you have something that you can hang the whole brand's hat on, as it were, that little Swiss hat that you picked up. Has it become easier or harder to make
0: statements, industry-wide statements, now you have the streamliner in your catalog? It's a good question. I don't know. I never ask myself the question. I, I think it's, What scares me sometimes uh, nowadays is is to become lazy because everything is much easier. Um, There's a strong dynamic. We have established our network. We have a great production facility here. We have uh, great fans. Sales are easy, Um, but it's not given. You never know when it's going to stop, and everything is quite easy for everybody at the moment, And, and I think we need to be careful not... As, as I said, become lazy and travel less, and and communicate less, and 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 develop, innovate, create less, um, because things sell too too easily. I think the the streamliner is is a, definitely a milestone for 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 Moser, but I think it's just the beginning of, of the next phase, which is um which is for us to to continue to uh, to become. I don't know if it's it's pretentious, but kind of the the leading independent brand, uh, still family owned and run, um, bringing things that people don't expect. Now that we have things working and 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 in place and and generating good business, it's it's easy to say, well, why do we change anything? Why would we create something crazy again uh, if we do that? Well, I think there is a brand like Moser because of that. Because we want to push the boundaries, we want to try things, we want people to be surprised and say, oh, I wouldn't have expected that from Moser. I love to hear that. I want to, uh, to, to, to uh, experiment and try new things, new world, new technologies, new materials in any aspect of the business, being you know sales, marketing, and product development. Well, talking of that, talking of models that may yet come to
1: fruition, I was wondering, has the Streamliner's success, has it cannibalized the sales for the rest of the collection, or has it just drawn attention to the brand in general? Do you just see like, an uptick across the board in interest and sales Mm. and inquiries and whatnot, or has it actually like pigeonholed you somewhat?
0: We're not doing a lot of consumer research and analytics. Uh, We we try to gather as much information from the market as possible, but my take is um, the the streamliner has definitely brought a lot of light on um, and focus on, on the brand. But we pay a lot of attention to to keep the brand very balanced. So we have four pillars. Uh, as you may know, we have the Endeavor, which is our kind of classic modern. We have the Pioneer, which is our everyday sporty watch. We have the Streamliner, obviously. And we have the Heritage, which is our more like antique, modern uh, take on Moser. And they were all very important. So we try in terms of launches to, to really balance across uh, all those uh, collections. So this year we we launched um, the, the Pioneer Cylindrical Tourbillon. We launched the Endeavor uh, Lime Green. We launched uh, the Streamliner uh, Tourbillon. The idea is really to keep them quite balanced. We could sell way more Streamliner, but I don't think it's healthy for a brand to be too mono product. We've seen a lot of big brands Becoming like this, and they've been very successful, but they've been always struggling to try to to redevelop other uh, alternative lines because you never know where the market is going to go in the future. So my strategy is to continue to keep a very balanced brand between those different lines, and that's why we we have amazing uh, product, amazing new movement that we said, oh, we could obviously easily put it in the streamliner and sell a lot, but we want on purpose to continue to promote and and support those other lines. But to be honest, we, since we launched the Streamliner, all the other lines have expanded in, in terms of, of volumes. We see also the secondary pr- uh, market prices on those lines um, increase and, and go uh, significantly above retail. So I think definitely Streamliner has helped uh, promote the, the, the rest of the collection and make Mozo more, more well-known. It's just a matter of us being responsible and, and taking care of, of the brand and making sure that it, it remains balanced. Edouard,
2: the most important question. What watch are you wearing today?
0: <laughs> well, following the question, you yeah, had just be, just before it might not be the right answer, but I'm wearing the, the Streamliner uh, uh, Funky Blue Chrono. Of course Amazing. you are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I absolutely love that movement. I love it, I love it, I love it. That There are so few central minute chronographs in the industry, and no wonder it's so popular. I yeah. would... I would do anything to, to own one of those movements. That one's made by Agenor, right?
0: Yeah, so we work very closely with the Agenor team, with the Viduresh family, and, and we have big plans to continue to collaborate together and, and invest in, uh, in new developments, and hopefully we'll have some interesting news in the near future. But yeah, I, I think we are independent, they are independent, they're a family of passionate people, so are we, and that's why it's so, it's so much fun to work with them and also have our engineers collaborate.
1: I don't want to uh, jump the gun here, but is there any chance she might bring them in-house as part of the Moser family so that you can control the supply even further?
0: I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, right now, you know, uh, managing a brand is is uh, is already uh, uh, something very complex. Uh, as you know, we have two brands with Haute Lons and we also have... Um, we are suppliers of Hairsprings with uh, Precision Engineering. So it's quite a lot on our plate. With Obviously, with the, the current growth, it's a lot of investment. So let's take one step at a time. Edouard, Rob just said he'll do anything.
2: So I would take advantage of that comment. I didn't mean anything, anything. <laughs> I, didn't, I mean,
1: if you want me to wear some lederhosen and play a loot in the next promo video for the you know cheese-flavored streamliner, yeah, I'll do that. But like, I won't do anything like terribly
0: embarrassing. Well, we, we'll test that.
2: <laughs> I know what you've been doing during Oktoberfest. Edouard. following up to what you're wearing today, our listeners are very curious to know what your personal grill watch is. In in the Mozo collection
0: or in general? You can do both. Yeah, do both. Uh, um... Well, the Moser collection, I think it, it doesn't exist yet. I, I, my dream is to combine some of our amazing complications, like the you mentioned the Chrono, but I think the perpetual calendar is an amazing collection for Moser. I love our miniature Peter Tourbillons. So my my Grail now, and and you know we have two hundred years in a couple of years uh, in two thousand twenty eight. So um, I'm really pushing my team to work hard on creating some kind of grand complication for moser and combining the complications with it we'll, we'll have so yeah obviously combining those and putting it in, in 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 the streamliner or an endeavor or whatever would be my grail and uh and i'm working towards that and outside the in, outside i think there, there are a few brands that i that, that i love doesn't mean I, I love the people behind the brands but i love the brands and the products uh, i grew up with um, with my father working at ap and i and I've, i i really love uh, the, the the royal oak uh, for me that's definitely something that um, that i love and especially the, the perpetual calendar the steel platinum one um i have a few uh, other royal oaks but one day hope i can get one of those i like uh, i like what jrn is doing i think is uh, uh, there's some amazing products with the um, with the resonance and the and the the, the, the waves pushing I I love the aesthetics. I think it's it's amazingly uh, well done and well balanced. Um, I'm somebody who loves symmetry, and there's not always symmetry in in, in his watches, but nevertheless, I I really love his designs um, and and obviously the the engineering behind. A lot of respect for that. So when you're you're in this industry, there's a lot of grails. You cannot afford all of them, Um, but uh, you 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 can see them on a regular basis amazing
2: thank you for sharing that and i want to say on the record that the swiss alp watch the concept black you guys made i believe three years ago the tourbillon minute repeater is my favorite minute repeater
0: ever the one without the hands yeah that's that's
2: uh, my favorite complication i love moon-faced watches and perpetual calendars but the minute repeater is maybe up there for me, together with the Rattrapant movement, but a minute repeater without hands. Has it ever been done before? I don't think so. Not in modern watchmaking.
0: I don't think so, no. Uh, There were tourbillons without hands made, uh, but a minute repeater. And it was interesting because I think that's where I realized that people were slowly starting to understand Moser because we got so much love for that watch, even though it was kind of a crazy concept. And I thought people would, would just simply say it's stupid. But so many people understood the philosophy behind the brand, uh, the the product, and and how it 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 kind of pushed the boundaries and helped explain what Moses' philosophy was. Uh, that was a great. Uh, I remember waking waking up and watches and wonders after having launched that, and my brother calling me and said, "Oh, did you read the articles on the on the watch?" I said, "No, I'm I'm going to run and uh, for a run, and frankly, I don't want to be disturbed with with this because I usually don't 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 read the the comments because I just don't want." To read the hate of people hiding there behind their computer. He said, Oh, you should read it. Today it's really positive. <laughs> so I was really surprised and I ended up actually reading them. But usually I don't, I don't, I try to avoid reading too much um, articles and, and comments. Okay. So I want to go officially on the record. I thought it was a stroke of genius.
2: Thank and you. taking this stroke of genius on a very high level, um, I want to build the bridge to something that blew me personally away was your presentation. I believe last year's Watches and Wonders still was digital, right? Yeah. And you guys did a masterclass on design and you went deep on why on your on your design codes and the DNA of H Moser, mm-hmm. but also why you guys on some models write your logo with transparent lacquer, which or even remove it, yeah. Or remove it. So mm-hmm. could we maybe Do a little deep dive on that topic. And I want to maybe link a question to that. And maybe for those that are not that familiar, that are listening to the episode and are not that familiar with H. Moser and C, just give quickly, give them an elevator pitch. So, who and what is H. Moser and C? What is your DNA and design code? And then do a deep dive for those that are known with the brand and why you guys push the envelope. So, Maybe you can
0: touch upon the fumé dials and etc. Okay, I'll try to answer all that, but please bear with me, and 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 maybe uh, you can uh, help me uh, (laughs) get to the next point uh, one after the other. But yeah, going back to uh, to original question, what is what is Mozart the elevated speech? To be honest, I think we are we we believe we are one of the few. independent brand family run and and owned um and we like to believe that we are the bridge between traditional and modern watchmaking uh we have a lot of respect for traditions and you can look at our movements the way we finish them the way they they build three-quarter bridge um the type of low beat movements; um, those elements are very reminiscent of the early 20th century. But at the same time, we we like to be in the now and uh, and and you know exploring materials, uh, design, minimalism, uh, Bauhaus. That that's 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 the core of, of what we are. Now, how did you come to to this? I think when I took over Moser, we had the perpetual calendar, which was an amazing movement, which defined for me the codes of functional function at Moser. Um, everything has to be, uh, any complex complexity has to be reduced to the essence. So, ra- trying to take any complication and try to get rid of anything that is unnecessary. There's been a competition in the watch industry of trying to make watches as complex as possible and look as complex as possible. Most of what we try to do the other way around: is to, to try to make very complex yet user-friendly watches and make them look like 3 hands watches. Reason why we we worked with Audemars on the chronograph because that was the best movement out there for us, fitting uh, our our philosophy, which was which was defined by my predecessors through the uh, perpetual one, which was our perpetual calendar, and then. In 2012, when I started, Moser was struggling um, for many different reasons. Financially, because just the watches pricing didn't make any sense. Costs were super high. Quality was a disaster. Um, But they had amazing movements. Yet people would look at the watches and say, wow, they're amazing. There's good value for money. But as we all know, luxury is not about value for money. Um, Luxury is about emotions. It's about... uh, Something that really brings a connection to the to the people owning the, the watches. So we couldn't live with that. And the first analysis was that I did was looking at, at the core models, which was the Monar at that time. That was the name. Today is known as the Endeavor Center Second. There were two options. You had the rose gold black dial, you had the uh, silver dial, or and you had the white gold silver dial. So take the white gold silver dial, and we did an, ex- an easy exercise. We took that one, removed on PowerPoint the the logo. Um, and then we took uh, Patrimony, we took uh, Calatrava, we took a Joule Audemars, we took a Saxonia, and did the same exercise and put all those watches next to each other and asked people which one is which. Nobody had any idea. And as Rob said before, now we have the Streamliner, but 10 years ago we had only one collection, which was the Endeavor. And it it was a round watch with a silver dial with a white gold uh, case. So what do you do with that? Because when you end up on the tray next to a Patek Philippe, a Lange, or a Vacheron, or an AP, or a JLC watch, 99.999% 99.999% of the people will buy a brand, and they're definitely not going to buy a Moser because nobody knows it. So we were we were we were there with amazing products, a, a beautiful manuf- manufacturer, losing a lot of money with uh, great movements, but that nobody knew, and and with very few emotions behind it. So all the work was to try to find ways to bring this emotion. Of course, solve the financial issues and the quality issues, but bring this emotion through the product. And that's where we started working with one thing that we had in a very, very small collection at that time, which was the Palladium, which they had done a handful of them. We had the Fumé dials. And for me, that was something, first, I liked the Fumé, but and second, it was different. It was something new that was not done, was perceived as a little bit old school, but was uh, because it had been done 40 years ago, but it was specific to Moser. So then with the team, we said, how do we make it fun and modern? And and then we started playing with colors, and it became our our design. And then I wanted to show how beautiful our dyes were because people said, "Oh, I love the Moser dyes. It was already back in two thousand thirteen, fourteen. I so said, "Let's do more of those fumidas." And then I decided for for a PR exercise to create a dial without any logo and just put it in a, in a dial. So no indexes, no logo. It was supposed to be a watch that we take pictures of uh, for a PR uh, where we promote the Moser uh dials and uh, when the watch came and i sh- and i wore it on my wrist i was like this is actually something that is pretty cool to wear because it's different again so i told my team let's do a limited edition for basel world 2015 i think of um the first we call them the concept because uh it was kind of a, of a of a forward-thinking product for us so we call it the concept dials we launched it and uh, my team was very perplexed i mean they, they had doubt they said well how do you sell a watch without the logo Be- I said well nobody buys a watch because our logo since nobody knows the brand so um, let's make sure they they buy it because they understand the feature and 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 let's start thinking that we're not creating watches but we're creating art pieces and that was this the moment where it clicked for me and and the team and since then we tried to apply all those codes about the 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 finishing the movement but also the dial the the minimalism going to as i said uh, the essence of the function and it worked well for us. And in the presentation that you're referring to from Watches When Wonders 2021, I think, um, I had, a, I had a, a, a slide where I presented, um, I, I think it's Coke uh, cans, where you don't see, uh, it doesn't say Coke on it. It's just this red and, and white lines um, and, and colors coming together. And you know it is Coke because you, you're familiar with their codes. And I said, that's my dream. I want people to recognize a Moser from the distance without having the logo, because if we do a good job, they will understand that, oh, because of those elements, it, it it is a Moser. And I think slowly we're getting there. And I think it's very, very important for a brand that people come to a store, they come in front of the windows, they go to an exhibition, they see people wearing a watch, and they say, oh, I understand why this is a Moser, because it's part of uh the the entire cre- creation of uh, of this watch and i made also the analogy to to art if you look at art you you value a, a picasso not because of that particular one but because it's part of all the creations of, of picasso and it was made on that year and with that technique and and people understand and value it because it's part of a process and and not uh just because of that particular piece and i want the Moser collection to be exactly the same. Every single product is valued and appreciated because of what came before and what will come after. Does it answer your question? <laughs> wow, I think you managed to answer all of them
1: without any prompts whatsoever. I was quite, um, I was quite wrapped by that answer. It's fascinating. And I, I love the Coke can presentation point. That really does resonate with me. And I think you've achieved that already and especially with the Streamliner, of course, because its silhouette is
0: so unlike anything else out there. Yeah but it shouldn't it shouldn't be only that because keep in mind that in the beginning we only had round cases it's much easier once you have the if you have a nautilus a, a royal oak or a streamliner yeah not that i want to put the, all of them in the same in the same basket since you know streamliner is 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 50 years younger and uh, and we will need time to uh to establish it as a true icon but that's our ambition but uh, But, when you have a round watch, then I think you need to put a lot of efforts and thoughts and and, and that helped us a lot. and today it it makes our life much easier in terms of business, uh, of product development because we know exactly what makes which makes a Moser. It doesn't prevent us from exper- experimenting and trying new things and surprising people. And again, that's where we get people saying, "Oh, that for me, that's not a Moser. I think quite
1: magically, what you've managed to do is to make that experimental aspect of the design a key tenet of the Moser brand i hope so yeah i think you can push the boat out in ways that other brands can't because you have quite honestly and just genuinely built up that arm of your design ethos from day one yeah talking of a design ethos what i really am interested in is the process of product development that takes place behind the scenes i understand the motivations i understand The end goal of having something that is just so quintessentially Moser, it couldn't be mistaken for anything else. But how does it work? Do you have these flashes of inspiration yourself? Do you have a design team? Are you pitched with ideas or do you pitch ideas? Do you give your designers a vision brief? To begin with, what's what's the process? Walk us through exactly how a new Moser comes to life.
0: We're very bad at processes at Moser, which actually need <laughs> now to improve a little bit. So it really depends on the project. I mean, there's things, you know, when it's just about a new case or a new dial, then it's really discussions about, you know, we work together with Bertrand, my brother, with Nicholas and we say you know next year what color do we want to do i mean we've done we have enough blue in the collection or many people are doing blue or now green we've done green for a while what's 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 next what do we want to try and then we we kind of play with spent ons and then we create some dives. We try them on and they say, which I try to wear them a month, my brother, and then if I like or, or I ask somebody else to wear it. And then if after a month you still like it, it's usually a good sign. And then we, we move to the, ne- to the next one. When it's a development like the, the streamliner, then it's much more complex. Then you need really the ambition to create something. You know it's going to take time and you need iterations. Uh, then we need external help for illustration, and uh, and 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 that's that's where we usually have uh, designers. We have internally, an, uh, kind of illustrator designer is doing a lot of things for for us, but not developing things like the streamliner. There we worked with um, with Marcus Eilinger, who developed the Endeavour for us. He used to be a designer at IWC. He's been independent. Uh, I think he works for Leica now. Um, but uh, he was like our sparing partner really like a product designer and uh, and basically the brief was we want to in, to create an integrated steel bracelet and it was very frustrating for him because when i started we already started in 2012 i had even drawings on my desk before i when i arrived uh, at Moser they already had the idea of creating an inter- integrated steel bracelet but they all looked like the engineer I mean, we are five kilometers from IWC, so you can imagine how much influence we get from, from those guys, knowing that even 50% of my team are ex-IWC and the designer was ex-IWC. So it, it looked too much like, like, like that. And, and obviously that doesn't work. I, I need something different. So we went into multiple iterations, throwing away things, and then s- stopping the project for, for a year or two, and then starting again and, until we found the thing that felt Moser. I think it, 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 I, sometimes people said, "What would you do differently?" I said, I, "I would try to come up with the." I mean, we had a, a few difficult years in the beginning. When I mean, keep in mind, in 2012 we were bleeding money. The company was was so much at risk that you need. You know, I mean, we cut as we cut a lot of things to um, to reduce the loss. But there were still losses in 2013, 14. So, we, so I would have loved to come up with something like the streamliner much earlier. But it's part of a process, and I think good things take time. And uh, so again, going back to the process, it really depends on what we want to, to achieve. I mean, if it's developing of a new movement, then it's a lot of work with the engineers and the watchmakers together, and then and then you 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 kind of design the or define the function that you want, the complication that you want, and then and then the orientation in terms of Moser codes. Once again, we're going back to. What I said in the beginning, the perpetual calendar going to the essence, being very functional. The type of escapements that we have is pretty uh, standard at uh, at Moser, uh, as being our own. And then, uh, and then the engineers and the watchmakers work together to make it Moser, but at the same time um, comfortable for for the watchmakers to assemble, or regulate, etc. So it's quite a long process. Um, it really depends what kind of project we are working on, and we're quite flexible. But again, as we grow, we need to to put more processes in place.
2: Edouard I love the collabs you did with MBnF second second undefeated do you have any more collabs in the pipeline and how did you experience these partnerships because you guys are so creative you actually don't need it I think the majority of brands that do collabs kind of want an
0: infusion of let's say new blood and creativity how did you experience all these collabs well, I think you're right I think that the, the, the the objective for me of a collab is exactly that, is, is again, pushing the boundaries, exploring territories that we would probably not uh, explore on our own. If you look at the, I think the collaboration with MBNF as, as an example, really helped us explore the third dimension. All Moso watches before were very two-dimensional. I mean, it was all information on the dial, as you said, beautiful female dials, et cetera. There with Max, we really started working with... Um, with the escapement uh, in the third in, in the in the third dimension, creating really art um, 3D art pieces, and I remember coming out of, of this, and of, of course learning a lot from the process of working with Max and his team, which have a very different approach to um, to product development and production, and then uh, and then looking at the product and said, well, that's maybe the beginning of something new for Moser, and this year we came up with the cylindrical tourbillon in the pioneer skeleton cylindrical tubion, which basically is the natural evolution of the collaboration that we had with, with Max two years ago. So for me, it's as, as much as the journey and as, and as to uh, exploring a, a new territory. And if you look at second second, it's, it's very, it's about this art and that that helped us then come up with the tutorial and other ideas that we have. Then undefeated is really exploring a, a completely new audience as well. And, uh, and 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 try things and uh, again it's um i think there there are brands like like Moser for, for that i think a lot of brands bigger cannot take the risks that we do but i think for us it's important to continue to do that and we have projects and probably your next question is what's uh, what's in the pipeline and there are a few uh, things in the pipeline where we want to try things that people will say oof this is risky or why now or why do they do this and um but because we want to be sometimes a little bit of the guinea pig our industry, and um, I think collaborations help a lot for that, because it's in a way it's kind of one shot. It's very focused, and and there's kind of a philosophy, a, a moment behind it. I'm obviously fishing for a scoop. Anything you can uh, share with us? Yeah, I mean, if everything goes well, there's going to be something interesting before the end. Well, there's always things interesting, but there's going to be something. Um, I would say where, where we're trying to explore new territories um i don't know if we can talk about collaboration we're developing something um that i hope we can launch before the end of the year um which will will be one of the most what should i say polarizing um launch that we had in a long time It'll be interesting to see how people react to that it's just not just a product it's really about um it's 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 a big project and um quite ambitious with a lot of global partners and um i'm not going to say too much about it because i think it's important that it it's it's a surprise and people discover discover the the the, the full package at once oh it's mysterious it's if we talk about collaborations there we, we we are looking at a couple of collaborations for the next couple of years and it's more about our history there we're working on um on uh i mean we did with Max, and it was a, it was really about watchmaking, and then we did art with people like uh, was second second, Then we worked on on the streetwear fashion like uh, industry with uh, the Armory and and undefeated. The and there's always like t- topics. Not everybody sees it, but from from our perspective, that's the strategy why and how we do um, uh, collaboration. So the next to- big topic would be uh, Moser is a hun- is a hundred and ninety four years old brand now soon 95 um, soon 200 so we want to to explore and, and communicate a little bit of our history some key uh, dates um, about uh, about what uh, Moser did in the past and 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 revisit those kind of things in through collaboration so you know, we're going to do things uh, around the early 20th century and 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 some things around the second world war and um, and maybe even before that
1: Oh, I love a good mystery. That's going to get the brain cogs turning, trying to figure out what's coming next.
0: Very exciting stuff. And hopefully you cannot figure out if we do a good job. I hope you don't figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Good
1: point. Right. Okay. So I'll have to turn my uh, thought process upside down to have any chance of getting close, but I'm sure I won't. I'm sure you've done a good job of coming up with something completely sideways. You know, I think it's so refreshing that you're doing this, pursuing these collaborations, this not just cross branding or co-branding, but cross-industry in some cases, to try and tap into new demographics and to spread the good word of watchmaking further a afield than it ever has been spread before. And you're leading the charge, that's for sure. You're not the only brand that's doing co-branding, of course, and cross-industry collaboration, but no. you are one of the most habitual when it comes to that. My question for you is, it's a dual question, but an easy one to remember, I hope. Not like the bullet point list like that Alan gave you before, with like 15 questions in one. Even I had no idea what was going on there. No, what I want to know <laughs> is if you could pick one watch brand, and I guess I'm going to ask you to pick one that you are definitely not working with at this point, so a sort of dream collaborator to create a new watch with, who would it be? And if you could create wow. something with one other brand from any other industry so it could be fashion it could be technology could be the automotive industry which brand would it be
0: and why can i take two brands two very different brands i think if we if we look at doing something with a classic brand for me there's an obvious connection to iwc because uh, our histories are are connected so i would i think it would be interesting and and people would see maybe uh, see it as a sacrilege but I think IWC being our sister company uh having our founder helped um Arista Jones found uh or create IWC 150 years ago would make sense for us to have a collaboration with with them and I hope one day we'll uh, that will come come to life. If we were to go into more like another independent um I uh, I would love to do something with with something completely different from what we do and and I think a brand like Highsence for example would be a, would be a good fit. I think um I think Benoit and his team are, are also very creative. They've, in a, in a very different way, pushing boundaries way beyond what we are doing. And I would love to explore what the Moser uh, Ressence Watch would, would look like. Um, I think that could be an, an amazing uh, product. Outside our industry, I mean, that's going to be an, an obvious uh, answer, maybe for for many people, and maybe not. Uh, I mean, just like top of my mind, but obviously, working with with something that is so big and so avant-garde, that like um, like Apple or, or Tesla, would be for me the dream. And just going through the process of working with those. Uh, Way forward thinking minds would just be just an amazing learning experience for me. And, and beyond the product, really, the journey would be, again, for me, an, an, um, a collaboration is, is as much about the journey as the product. And I think in this case, it would definitely be about the journey. Amazing, Edouard. I, I think that the listeners like me
2: are now bouncing up and down if they're sitting. And if they're exercising and listening to this podcast, they're running faster. <laughs> I think a, 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 a Scafusia partnership would be amazing. Resance, i didn't expect that but i totally feel it obviously we're going to send this episode to both christian and benoit but i have a feeling you've talked to them about this already tesla <laughs> apple is an interesting one you know which one i think would be also cool is patrick Pugnot and you i think you're cut from the same cloth i think you guys could also do something cool on paper it might be that you we're too similar yeah that's what i'm thinking but uh, yeah but on the other hand i think that if you sprinkle a bit of uh, h moser and C a style on a let's say uh freak that would be amazing but okay
0: i'm daydreaming dreaming right now well i think he, he could he could do that between uh i mean this this is probably a freak laureato kind of thing which could be an amazing product for, yeah. for them as well yeah. They, they, yeah they have i mean gp and and, and moser in uh, I, I mean, GP is a little bit of a mix already. Uh, Moser is a little bit of a mix of a, of a, I would say a, a mix between U, UN and GP. So I'm not sure it would work that well, but, uh, I, I appreciate, uh, what Patrick is doing. I think they're doing an amazing job there. And I think I'm happy to, to, to have them, uh, As part of the Indies, uh, again, I think these are amazing brands. I have a lot of respect. I remember looking at the GP for many years uh, under the Macaluso family and what they did at that time. And I really hope they they get back on track. And I think they're on the way. You raised um,
2: your colleagues in Schaffhausen. I raised my colleagues? You raised the topic. So you named... Oh, okay. (laughs) You named... Your colleagues in Schaffhausen twice, let yeah. me rephrase. Yes. I think what makes you Schaffhausen manufacturers amazing is you are the odd ones out in Switzerland because you're in the northern part of Switzerland. Yeah. On the border of Germany makes yeah. you uh, a bit Germanic. I think the less is more is is a thing you guys share. Yeah. I, I regret that IWC, and I say this in brackets, lost their sense of humor in their communication
0: well they couldn't keep the same sense right i think today uh, would be very dangerous <laughs> if they were doing the same yeah. uh, ads that they were doing yeah. in the 90s and early 2000s t- definitely it, it was not pc <laughs> back yeah. th- today back then they got away with it uh, we could we could laugh about it but today uh, yeah
2: yeah but but they lost they, they they steered away from that style. I'm happy you guys are doing it. My question to you is: it's much easier now. Yeah, I'm actually very positively surprised that you mentioned that you would love to do a collab with them. My question is: what else do you guys have in common? Being in well, you're in Neuhausen now, but let's say Greater Schaffhausen, and I think that collab would be amazing because you guys will elevate that region, like all the glass of Glashüttef- brands elevate glass suit in germany what do you guys have in common more and that that's maybe in an undercurrent that we don't see obviously
0: well, I think you're you're right in terms of design. There's definitely um, this Germanic uh, engineering slash Bauhaus design similarities uh, across the brands. But I think it's also if you look at Lange, if you look at uh, Jung Hans, there's there's a there are similarities of all the Germanic brands, and probably Mo- uh, Moser and Lange um, and IWC are the most most Germanic switch brands, and that's probably because we are on the border to, uh, to Germany. And to be honest, I I personally like the the, the design and codes of, of German and, and Japanese brands. And I think they have a lot of in common as well. So I think that's something we have in common. And then um, now, I mean, of course, we share people because some come to us and some go to them from, from our team and depending on where they stay in the, and they stand in their career and what their aspirations are. But also, we're discussing with, with them and, I mean, there's very important constructive dis- discussions all the time about uh, we bought some some tools that they didn't need anymore and they're very very nice and and give they give them very good prices to um to be able to uh, to acquire those those machines from from iwc as they as they grow and didn't need them anymore and they were exactly what we needed for Moser. we're also exploring ways to uh, to to train uh, watchmakers which is very difficult to get on the eastern part uh, eastern nor northern part of switzerland so these are things that we're trying to work together. So I think there's a very constructive and healthy uh, collaboration and, and relationship between the, the, the two brands. Of course, they are a huge uh, a part of a huge conglomerate, which means that they cannot decide and, and, and take the same risk and, and, uh, and actions that, that we do. But, uh, but I, I really like the, the discussions and, and, um, and, and constructive um, projects we have together.
2: Amazing. Thank you for being so open and transparent and sharing so much. We we really appreciate that. And this is what makes the real time show what it is. It's real talks. I have zillion more questions for you, Edouard. Um, As you might have noticed, both you and the listeners, I'm very passionate about what you guys do. As me being part of a family business as well, I'm working with my dad. I know that a decade ago when MELB Holdings started with... H Moses, C note Lance. Your dad, George Henry,
0: was active as well. Your brother's active. Is your dad still active in the business? Well, he was never active. Actually, he was active because well, he was. You had to take the You had to take the the decision with us, and it was uh, I remember the call we had with my brother and my uh, my father saying, "Do we do it or not?" But he's been at the board since then, and uh, you know he's 78 now, and he's very, um, he's, he's very attuned. He knows what, what we're doing. He loves the product. He likes to know, and he comes maybe once every uh, six months to the manufacturer to see a little bit what's happening, how this, is the team and the, and, the, and the structure and the product development evolving. And we try to involve him also a lot on the product development because he's a great eye. And with my brother, we started from, from day one, and it's been doing, it's been doing well. I think um, we have a lot of freedom as owners and uh, and i think that our father got a lot of respect on um, seeing the results and and therefore never questions what we do and what we decide he also realizes that running a brand like like moser is very different from running a brand like ap which he was doing before because you just don't have the, the same leverage and the same problematics and uh, and and therefore you apply a very different business model and, and the decision making and the the, the the power struggle between you as a small brand and your your partners around the world is, is is the balance is very different. AP could impose a lot of things, and I think more even more today. Uh, and when we basically were at the mercy of our our partners, they decide what the rules. It's changing as well as as we grow and the market now is maybe much more brand uh, driven. It used to be more distribution driven. Um, but nevertheless, uh, that my, my father realized that pretty quickly and, and stopped saying, oh, we used to do this at AP, why don't you do it? He said, well, it just doesn't work because when I call my retailers, new new retailers, they don't even answer the phone, which was very different when AP was doing that. Do you think that your kids will follow you
2: into
1: the business, into the watchmaking world? Are they as fascinated by it as the rest of us are? They're
0: pretty young, but they, uh, they obviously believe Moser watches are the most beautiful watches out there. Yeah. I agree with them. <laughs> well trained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brainwashed, you mean? Uh when they look at my Instagram they're like, oh yeah, well, I know those watches. <laughs> um but anyway, um I don't know. I mean frankly I um we we raise them as they, they sh- hopefully they can do whatever they want. Uh I hope they have creative minds and innovative minds and 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 just love what they do and uh, so far they seem to be very passionate kids so i hope they find their their passion as, as i had the chance to um to find mine obviously growing in the watch industry i was really in a valley where everybody was working in the watch industry um we live in zurich so they're quite far away from the manufacturers so they're not except through me they're not you know, confronted to watches every day, uh, where I was confronted pretty much every day in the Valley du Joux when I grew up with all my friends, their parents, my cousins, my father, everybody working in the watch industry. Um, it's it's a very different environment. So I think the likelihood that I was going to work in the watch industry is much higher was much higher than the likelihood my my kids will work in the watch industry. But between my brother and I, we have seven kids. So out of seven, there might be one. Who knows? Edouard, I can continue
2: for hours and have many more questions for you, but maybe we should round it up with the final question, still on topic of family. As you mentioned, your whole family is intertwined with the watch industry. The Melon name is very famous in the watchmaking industry. You mentioned several times that your dad um, works at Audemars Piguet. On the previous episode, Jean-Claude Biver was very happy that he's starting a new brand with his son. Now you Mm -hmm. are... One generation down, we spoke about the next generation. Going back to you, uh, maybe an outro for this episode. What is it that you learned from your dad, either business, watchmaking, or in life, that you want to share with us?
0: Well, there's many things. I mean, I mean, for my that I learned from my father. I think it started with. um is uh, somebody that is very opinionated and uh, never afraid of, of addressing the things he believed in, and I think that the, the way we, we as a brand, have ob- always been quite activist and opinionated, is very linked to uh, to how we we grew up with with, with our father um, being like this. Uh, that means he didn't have only friends in the industry, but he was respected by most. I think that's very important uh, to us, uh, not to let people tell us what to do, but just do the things we feel are important to us in respect of traditional watchmaking. I think that's a very important element that our father also taught us is uh is uh to be respectful to th- the craftsmanship the people working behind all those uh, amazing watchmakers and craftsmen etc so i think all those elements are for me the base of of what moser stands for and con- continuing to try to protect and promote the true traditional watchmaking and craftsmanship and at the same time looking uh, in, into the future and um i think we struggle nice balance and that's probably thanks to uh, to our father
1: well, brilliant answer. Lovely family audiences point on which to end. And I'm going to keep Alon and his zillion questions in the bank for the next time that you visit us. Edouard, that was a wonderful hour chat. Really enjoyed it. And I hope you will grace us again with your presence at some point in the near future. It was great pleasure. Okay, hang on a second. How do I end this show?
0: I have, like, I have a thing where I do... Do you want me to end it as well? or <laughs> Do I really have to do everything today?
1: You'll pop over and clean my office afterwards as well. For goodness sake, it's an absolute state. Should I bring you lunch? Oh, that sounds tempting. Um, <laughs> firstly, I need to tell the listeners, this is what we do. Okay, this is the real-time show. Get in touch with us. You can contact us via Instagram. Either contact me, at RobNuds, that's R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S, or at Joseph, A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. Or contact either of us via email. That's either Rob at the Realtime or Alon at the Realtime I'm going to hand it over to our far more competent guest host Edward Melan of H and C. Thanks again for your time and uh,
0: take it away. <laughs> no, thank you, Guy. Again, great show. I really enjoyed this uh, open, honest discussion. We need uh, yeah the time Show and and people like you to um, for our industry. We're part of an ecosystem. It's it's fun. It should be fun. It's all about passion and really appreciate what you guys are doing. And I hope uh, more and more people will uh, will follow and listen.
1: Right, okay, you've got my job.